Greenside, the IGA podcast. Also, Mike McCoy, the 2013 U.S. Johnson, now a two-time major champion after becoming the winner of the 144th Open Championship. Welcome to Greenside, the IGA podcast. Got part two of our discussion with Iowa Golf Hall of Fame member Barb Whitehead. If you missed part one, get that car in reverse, get back there, listen to it, and catch up with Caitlin Hogenson and myself as we discuss the LPGA Tour and many more stories. If you had an off week or what would a typical practice day be for you? Are you spending, sure. like you said, a lot of time just on short game or are you, um, I guess, what's your, how would you break down a practice session for you that where you found success? Sure, sure. Um, usually when I took a week off, I would usually take like that Monday, Tuesday, maybe even Wednesday off just to get away, you know, not do anything golf just because it is, you know, because probably more than likely I just came off of either playing, you know, three, four or five weeks in a row. And so it's kind of like, okay, I just need a break, you know? And then when I would start mm-hmm. back up, if I'd go see my teacher, I mean, I didn't always go see him. I think nowadays it's a little more, they do spend a lot more time. So, or I would go see him if I really wasn't hitting the ball very well. And I was like, oh, I just need a tune up, you know? So I would fly to Florida and I'd see my pro and we'd work on my swing, you know, maybe a couple, three days. And, you know, on the range hitting and sometimes we'd go out and he would just go out on the golf course with me and just kind of see, you know, how I'm hitting it out there because it's so easy to hit it really good on the range and then to get out on the golf course to be like, oh my, look at there's out of bounds all of a sudden there's water, there's a bunker on the range. It's just wide open. Right. So it's a different, it's a different swing going from the range to the golf course. And it's another swing going from the range to tournament play, right? Because now all of a sudden you've got some pressure, you know, and there's some, oh, I kind of have to, you know, put a number down at the end of this hole. So, um, you know, so I would work on, I'd work on my swing. We'd, you know, video a lot. We would film, do film sessions, kind of break it down to, you know, to see if I couldn't tweak something here or there. And then, you know, also work on my short game. You know, I, I learned... I worked with a guy by the name of, towards the end of my career, my last, oh, I don't know, probably 10 years, 11 years of playing with a guy by the name of Mike Adams. He was, he's down in Florida, but he was really also really good with the short game. And so, you know, he would show me different shots around the green, flop shots, you know, bunker shot, you know, buried bunker shots, just, you know, just different shots to hit around the green and, and how to perfect them. And so, you know, we'd work on that, you know, so I might be down there in Florida for, you know, a couple, three days. And, and then from there, I'd head to the next tournament, um, wherever that might be. So, uh, yeah. So I think, I think I'd always try to take time off, you know, I mean, because it is, it is a grind, you know, it's not just, Mm -hmm. It's not just the physical grind, but it's also the mental and it's the emotional and it's the, oh my gosh, you missed a cut, you know, and, you know, or you're playing in a pro-am and they always say, oh, where are you on the money list? Oh, I'm 110. Oh, wow. Really? You know, so it'd be kind of like, you know, it's kind of like how social media is today to kids. It's like, I get yeah. my identity from social media. What are they saying about me? Are you playing in a pro-am? And it's like, oh, you know, so that's where for me, I would try to rely back on my my faith in Christ, I'd be like, well, you know what? 
my identities in him. It's not in what I am on the money list or not on the money list, you know? So, but I mean, it was hard. It was, it was a juggling act, you know, but so, yeah. So I, I, you know, I would try to get some rest in. I try to take a break and then I would try to work on my game. If, you know, again, depends upon if I, you know, and maybe if I was really hitting it, you know, I was hitting it good. I didn't need to go see my mic. You know, I would just, go to either my parents in Iowa or I go to Chicago. A good friend of mine lives up there. You know, I, because a lot in the summer, a lot of our tournaments were either on the East coast or kind of in the Midwest. So to come all the way back to Phoenix, if I'm only taking a week off, it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, day to get there, day to get back out. Now, now I only have five days. So I would try to stay somewhere in the Midwest with friends or my parents or my siblings up in Minneapolis, St. Paul. So, yeah. So no, that's kind of, that's kind of what my off weeks look like. And, you know, and also try to play during my off weeks, because again, it's easy to go to the range and hit it good, but you got to parlay that onto the golf course. You know, you got to bring right. that to the course. And again, you know, it's all those steps. It's like, okay, I can go from the range to just playing a practice round. Okay. Hitting it pretty good. Now I take it from the range to a tournament round, you know, and how am I hitting it then? You know, so mm-hmm. Uh, Barb, kind of a, a two-part question here. Um, what were some of the keys, I guess, for you, for your, you know, your longevity on tour, you know, 19 years, that's, that's incredible. Uh, and I think maybe you're going to probably mention short game again, which, which is my guess, but, uh, just curious kind of what, uh, you know, what you kind of look back on and maybe what was the keys to your, your longevity. And then what were some of the, the favorite stops on tour for, for you? Sure. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right, Clint. I think it was my short game. And it was also my, I mean, I'm, I'm a competitor, you know, sure. and I was not, you know, I didn't like to give up. I didn't like to quit. I didn't like to, you know, even when I'm out there, even if I always tried to, even if I wasn't going to make the cut, I still tried to, you know, hit good shots coming down. So that take that into the next week, you know, or whatever that was. And so I'd always you know, I would never give up no matter what. And I think that that helped with my, with my longevity, a, a, just a dogged determination to keep, you know, plowing forward. Definitely my short game because, you know, I mean, again, you can save a lot of strokes if you can get up and down from around those greens. You know, you can hit it bad and still, you know, shoot 70, 71, you know, and still not have, you know, thrown the tournament away you're still kind of somewhat in it. Um, so I, I think that that, uh, you know, and I think also when I would, I think you also had to be smart about taking time off, mm-hmm. you know, and really giving yourself a break. Like I remember when um, the season would be over in October or November, I would take a month off and I wouldn't do anything golf related. It was just like, you're just so spent at the end of a season. So you really kind of had to know how to pace yourself. And also you had, you, each individual player had to figure out, okay, I can play three in a row. That's my max. Or I can play four in a row. That's my max. You know, so you really kind of had to just kind of see what was your max, you know, how, how many could you really, and, and be smart about it and realize, gosh, I can really play four weeks in a row and not be like, well, but I just want to play, you know, these next two tournaments. Well, more than likely, those next two tournaments, you really aren't going to be at your best 
So it's like, why am I doing this? You know? And then all you do is you kind of grind yourself into the ground and then that, you know, hurts you for, you know, further down the road and, and makes it tough sometimes to, to keep up your energy, to keep up your mental sharpness and keep up your game, you know, sure. because um, I'd say some of my favorite places to play uh, two of them and they're on the two coasts would be the dinosaur course over in, in mission Hills over in Palm Springs, just such a great, great golf course and just a great uh, major um, venue, always in impeccable shape. Greens were fast, rough was thick, but just, it was just, and, and held such great tradition, I think, you know? And so, I mean, I was kind of bummed about them moving it from Mission Hills to Houston, the tournament in 23, but, you know, I mean, you, you know, that's, they've got a great sponsor in Chevron. And I think that's where Chevron's headquarters are. So it's like, well, you know, if they're going to put up money, I guess, you know, hopefully they'll find a great, great track there in Houston. And, you know, keep the tradition alive. And then my other one would be up in uh, New Rochelle, which is a uh, suburb of New York City. It's a course called Waikagil. And just, oh my gosh, such a great golf course. It was kind of a hilly course. And we would play there in July. And I remember you would get down in some of the valleys and it would be literally so hot and muggy that you had a hard time breathing. It would be like, oh, no. you're me, you're sucking wind to just, <laughs> to just breathe. But Again, just an old golf course, you know, old traditional golf course, small greens, you know, uh, tree lined fairways, just, uh, just, just, and again, it always was in great shape, you know? So, yeah. So I'd say those are two of my probably favorite courses, um, that we played on tour for sure. And, uh, you were the the 1995 noodles Hawaiian open champion, Barb, that's a long way from Sibley. Uh, yeah, what, uh, right. What do you remember from that week? Is there anything that, that really sticks out or that, you know, just do you remember, you know, definitively, I guess. Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, the crazy thing is, is that I had met Trent, my husband, like two weeks before we played that tournament. Okay. And, um, so the cool thing is, is, is then a week before the tournament and our entry fees were a hundred dollars back then. So every week when you, you know, we, when you registered, you had to pay a hundred dollars to play in the tournament. And so my church was, um, the, uh, outreach pastor had asked, uh, the elder board if, if they could give $10 to every, uh, church member that was over the age of 18 and they would take that money invest it somewhere, plant it and, and grow it. And then they bring it back. And what they were doing was raising money to send Bibles over to India. Okay. So I remember when I got this $10, I thought, yeah, you know what? I'll put it towards my entry fee and I'll just give 10% of whatever I win in the tournament. And so I get there and I just met Trent like two weeks before this. And, um, and it was like, I mean, I fell in love with this guy in the first week and he fell in love with me basically. I mean, we, we got married a year later, but after that first week, we definitely knew that we were headed down for marriage. And so it was like a real, I think also a sense of settlement in my sure. heart, in my yep. you know life. Um, and then also this, I just think, you know, 
the Lord just really blessed. And it was just really cool because I had such a peace during that whole week um, of playing. And it was just, I don't know. It was just, I mean, I played obviously some of the best golf of my career and I just, you know, I was hitting shots. I was making putts. I was making birdies. I remember I didn't make a bogey that tournament until the ninth hole of the last day. That was my first bogey in the tournament. It was just like, I mean, I just was, you know, just striping it. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool because then I ended up, you know, winning by five and, and, and I remember it was funny, but we were, that was also the year when the major league baseball had gone on strike. And I remember we would talk at night at dinner because, you know, we would always go out, you know, a bunch of us to dinner and we're talking about, we're like, yeah, if we get in the press room, we're going to talk about the major league baseball players on strike and how ridiculous that is. And they need to get back to playing. And so it was funny, but I do remember I said something because I was in the press tent all three days. And I remember saying something about the major league baseball players being on strike and something, I don't know, something silly. So, so it was just kind of a, just a fun, just, just a really cool experience, you know? And I think just coming up that 18th hole and I had a six shot lead going into it. Right. And it was just like, wow. You know, because you never, I mean, that's your dream, but you never know if you're ever going to fulfill that dream, you know? And it was just like, I cannot believe I'm an LPGA tournament winner. It was just like, wow. And it just really, you know, it was just really uh, just a great experience and just a ton of fun and having that because the 18th hole there, Colina was a pretty good hole. It was, I remember the wind was into us most days and it was, your second shot was over water and there was bunker left and a bunker right at, up at the green and and carry water. And, you know, but again, going into that hole, I had a six shot lead and it was just like, wow, I could just kind of bunt it down, you know, and take it, just soak a 10 it in. on this hole and still win. Yeah, exactly. Just had the opportunity to soak it in and not feel like, Oh my gosh, I got to make par to win by one or whatever. Right. So, yeah. So it was a lot of fun. And then it was just, you know, cool opportunity to, to be able to, to bless that endeavor at our church with, you know, just a fun check to be able to write to them and, you know, just allow those Bibles to go to the people in India who couldn't either afford them or they couldn't get them. So it was, it was a cool week all the way around. Who were some of the people, and I'm sure you got along with, with all the ladies, but who did you kind of look forward to maybe getting paired with? You know, right. you no, know yeah, yeah. but yeah. it was always enjoyable yeah. or like, you know, just would, would be a fun round or, or that you look, I mean, you, and you, like you said, you were competitive. So maybe sure. somebody that you sure. looked like, yeah. just like the lock yeah. horns with and Hey, let's go. Yeah. 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 I think probably the one that I enjoyed the most playing with was Julie Inkster. Okay. She and I played college golf against each other and she was a couple of years older or one or two years older than me. She played San Jose state, but just a lot of fun you know, and just, again, a great competitor and just, but yet just, you know, really, really down to earth person, yes. you know, and just, she really, it was fun when I, whenever I was paired with Julie, but you're right. I did. I, I enjoyed a lot of people out there. I enjoyed when I played with Meg Mallon. I enjoyed when I played with Beth Daniel. I enjoyed when I played with uh, some of my good buddies, Jenny Lidback or Jody Anschutz or Betsy King or, you know, Lopez was always fun because it was always like you just had crazy crowds, sure. right? It was like royalty, then, probably. Yeah. Yeah, right. And then I remember one time I was playing with Kathy Whitworth. Okay. It was yeah. in Atlantic City. 
And I remember she hit a putt and just missed it. I think it was a birdie putt. I said, oh, good putt, Kathy. She goes, Barbara, it's not a good putt unless it goes in. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was like, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Guess I won't say that again, right? But, I mean, she was just, I mean, the wit was just, she was nostalgic. I mean, she was just an icon out there. She really was just a great lady and just, just, you know, she, she, she was a great face for the LPGA, you know, and then Karner was always kind of theatrical out there and just kind of a, you know, she had a lot of, she was pretty funny to play with too. So yeah. So it was, it was, again, I just, and, and Patty Sheehan was pretty fun. And I tell you, I, I enjoyed playing with Annika when I played with her, she was really, she was quiet, you know, but just a really, really down to earth, nice gal. You know, so, I mean, I could say that about 99% of those gals that I sure. played with on tour, really sure. just, just a great group of people. Well, you mentioned Julie and Annika, both Solheim captains when, yeah. when we were here in Des Moines, I had an opportunity to beat yeah. both of them and, and yeah, like you right? said, just down to earth and just, right? you know, almost yeah. like somebody you'd run into next door yeah. at the grocery yeah. store or whatever. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and not pretentious or anything. No, so, not at all. No. Uh -uh. Um, Barb, one last question. And I was just curious about this. I was kind of reading over your, your hall of fame uh, uh, bio there. You used to host kind of some fundraisers back home when you yeah. were on tour and, you know, you'd bring mm -hmm. some of the pros back and mm -hmm. can you just talk about that and kind of, you know, I'm sure that was fun for you to you know, Oh my gosh. Yeah. The country yeah. and you, you know, you're coming back to Sibley cause that's where home yeah. was. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The first year we played it, um, it was funny, but I was talking with some friends, Janet Coles and Laura Hurlbut, and we were talking, and I was like, somehow we started talking about having a pro-am because they, the gals on tour used to tease me. They used to call it Sibley, you know, Sibley National in yeah. honor of Augusta National. So it's like, well, we should go and do a pro-am at Sibley National. I'm like, okay. Well, I talked to my dad, and my dad, um, he'd been, like said, a physician there in town. And so the first year we did it to benefit the hospital and we played, we, I think I had, cause there was three part three. So I think I had, I either brought 11 or 12 girls there okay. who played. So we would have them doubled up, I guess, on the part three. And we just went around twice the golf course. And it was just, it was the Tuesday before the uh, rail in Springfield, Illinois. Well, that tournament, since it was over Labor Day, didn't start until Saturday. Okay. And then at that time we were coming from Minneapolis. We played, we went from Minneapolis to Springfield. Well, it was a perfect way to just come down, you know, four hours down to Sibley or to Lake Okoboji. And then we would go over to Springfield. So, and the girls, the first year when we did it, um, everybody stayed in private house and, and how with host people, cause we'd have private housing on tour and that was, a nice way to not always have to live, you know, basically live in a hotel right. week after week, eat out every meal. So you could sign up for private housing and also helped with expenses. Right. Sure. And so the first year we had everybody, I, my dad had lined up, I don't know how many homes for, for the girls. And I think we probably doubled the girls up. I don't think he might stay by themselves with somebody. And so that was a lot of fun. So they enjoyed it, you know, and just, the town loved it because, you know, here these LPGA players are coming to town that, you know, that they would never have the opportunity to see something like that. So that was pretty cool. And then we went over 
then the next year we took it over to Brooks over to uh, Lake Okaboji and mm-hmm. we Camp Foster was the um, was the uh, the charity that that benefited and it was fun because we would go to Camp Foster and like we did the ropes course and or we did horseback riding or we would go fishing and so the girls just loved it because it was just something that they normally it was just like a great little getaway sure we'd fly in on Monday we would do some things on Monday or we'd get up early Tuesday morning go fishing before the the proams because the proam I wouldn't have it start until like I don't know we teed off say like maybe at noon or something because I want the girls to be able to sleep in because we didn't have to leave until Wednesday sure. like I said the term next term it did start till Saturday so that's what it made it just so it just really was a lot of fun to be able to bring the LPGA to Northwest Iowa um, and for people to have a chance to, you know, be up close with these gals and, you know, again, the gals that, that would come were just stellar ladies and just great gals and, you know, maybe not number one on the money list, but let me tell you, they were just, they were great with their uh, pro-am partners and the people just, they loved it. It was just a fun, fun event. So I was glad that I was able to do it for, I don't know, I did it, I think, for like 10, 11 years or something. That's awesome. I can't remember what my last year was. But yeah, so it really was It really was um, just a, a fun event for everybody, I think. That That's incredible. And what a way mm-hmm. to you know give back and you know, yeah, totally, be connected right? with, with everybody exactly. back home. And, exactly. And, yeah, and I think, yeah, and that's, that's I mean, I failed to say that but just it was it was a nice way for me to be able to give back to the community that had supported me for so long you know and just an opportunity to you know just say thank you and and again to give these people a chance to you know rub elbows with you know players who played professional golf that again they wouldn't have the opportunity to otherwise sure well, Barb, I, I appreciate your time and uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. It was it was great to meet you. Thank you, Clint. I really enjoyed my time with both you and Caitlin. I appreciate you guys, you know, asking me to do this. It was um, my pleasure. And, you know, golf is such a great, it's given me so much and I'm just happy to be able to give back a little bit and to be able to spend some time with you guys. And, you know, I, I loved my time in Iowa and I love my time with the Iowa Golf Association. It really um, you know, I think it really forged my, my career on the LPGA. You know, I, I think that it really helped me to, to be the player that, that I was during my career, um, because it afforded me a lot of opportunity to, to play different tournaments there in Iowa. And, and I was, you know, fortunate to, to have those chances to, to play the events. So I thank you guys for, for asking me to do this. And, and I was glad to, to, to be able to hook up with you guys. Awesome. Well, thanks again and uh, take care. All right. Thanks, Clint. Thanks, Caitlin. Yeah. Thank you, Barb. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>